Hello, how are you doing? Welcome, welcome. Not the Top 20 Podcast Betting Show, sponsored by Betfair. Me, Ali Maxwell. Him, George Ellick. George, how are you doing? Absolutely off your face on Carabao. <laughs> uh, yeah, mate, I'm good. I am really good. The big Carabao Cup midweek quest show with, with Michael Brown, which was good fun. Amusing to be on TV talking about Bakayo Saka and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Good players. But also talking about TJ DeBar, Murray Wallace, legends like that. So it's all good. It's all good. Very um, busy week. Well, let's get cracking with some uh, EFL selections ahead of the weekend. Last weekend, we kind of so-so. Uh, we basically had the the inverse weekend of each other, if that makes any kind of sense, uh, in that my nap came in, those meteor baggies at 6-5, to five, but my Cheltenham pick at 9-4 to four was a loser, and my overs treble was bad, only one out of three. No success with our goal scorers, whereas your nap hit the post, Sutton drawing 1-1 with Scunthorpe, but you found success elsewhere. Forest Green won at 5-6. to six. In fact, they won 6-3 at 5-6. to six. Uh, <laughs> West Brom, you mentioned, to score two or more goals at 13-10, to 10, and they did. And BTTS and over 2.5 goals in Ipswich MK Dons was more than justified, a winner at 1.99. Uh, and both of our vulnerable favourite lays were also justified. Salford, you laid, and they lost 1-0. Uh, you laid them at 1.78, and Bournemouth, I laid at 1.7. They drew 2-2 after being 2-0 up. So three out of four so far on the lays, making good use of the Betfair exchange there, which is very pleasing. This podcast is for over-18s only. Gambling comes with significant risks, and you need to learn those risks before having a bet this weekend. Having a bet at any point, please head to BeGambleAware.org to understand the risks that come with gambling and to understand if you are at risk. Let's get our teeth into the EFL weekend. Plenty of interest and intrigue across all three leagues. George, where's your nap this weekend? My nap's in the championship. Um, I'm kind of going quite championship heavy this week, which is uh, against the strategy so far. So let's hope it doesn't harm the uh, performance. Um, yeah, I'm backing West Bromwich Albion to beat Peterborough uh, and over one and a half goals. Now this is... Those meteor baggies. Yes. Um, for those who have been listening to the podcast for a long time will know that there was a famous day, Ali, where you did this exact bet. Not West Brom, but the to win and over one and a half goals. And of course, they ended up winning the game 1-0. And that—that that is the risk that you take. Um, but I think, you know, that on the exchange now, you can back West Brom at around about the 1.8 mark. So four to five, which, which is fair. And I would put that up as my nap probably but there's just not that much liquidity up there and I don't want to put up a, a, a false price basically because I don't want to say that and then people not be able to get on whereas this is a bona fide price it's, it's 1.99 uh on the sports book the Betfair sports book for West Brom and over one and a half um the reasons I think are fairly clear I, I'm just quite surprised that West Brom aren't a much shorter price to win the game um they have been totally dominant in pretty much all of their games so far this season, maybe with the exception of the Bournemouth game on opening day, where I still think they were the better team. Um, their style of football has proven itself to be both very good in terms of preventing the opposition from creating chances and creating plenty themselves. They 
their probably least impressive win of their wins so far their three wins was last time out against Blackburn in a game where they completely battered Blackburn and the XG reflects that I think it was 4.5 or something ridiculous because they're creating so many chances from uh, from set piece situations Jordan Hugel comes in on loan from Norwich which I think is a is a pretty smart signing he's exactly what they need um, somebody who's a willing runner who is happy just to basically jump into defenders uh, challenge for aerial balls be a set piece threat I know that West Brom fans are seemingly not particularly pleased with the signing, but I, I don't think the, the kind of players with the kind of records that they would want would suit the way that they want to play at the moment. I think it's a good signing. And with Peterborough, it's been just a really poor start to the season, I think. You know, obviously standards have to be tempered by the fact that they're in the championship now, but they won one game, which was against Derby. They scored a 90, well, a 100th minute winner. Uh, through Siriki Dembele against the Derby side, who we know are one of the poorest in the division. Although they have, I think, franked the form a little bit by by putting in some decent performances since. Um, and then they went to Cardiff, and Cardiff, um, having gone 2-0 up, Cardiff scored twice in the last 10 minutes. Aiden Flint at the double. We're going to get onto that later because this isn't the, the last time I'm going to talk about this game in my in my um, in this podcast. Uh, and then Peterborough then went on. Um, and lost to a Preston side who've really struggled so far this season. I think Peterborough looked to me at the moment to be one of the poorer, maybe the poorest side in the division, uh, as it stands, kind of alongside the likes of, of Derby uh, and Blackpool probably as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think West Brom will win this. I think they'll win it pretty well. Uh, I can see them, you know, the, the, the output that they're putting in against better defences than Peterborough suggests to me that there's no reason why they'll, why they'll stop at one. And I think getting near enough even money on them to win by any score other than 1-0 uh, represents some value. Lovely. My nap is in League One, more specifically the game at Portman Road between Ipswich Town and Wimbledon. Ipswich, of course, four games in, just two points, no wins yet. And my stance here is that the win comes this weekend against Wimbledon. <laughs> 21 to 20 with the Betfair Sportsbook as we record. No wins so far. And definitely depending on whether you are of a sunny disposition or a moody one, whether your glass is half full or half empty, you can focus on some negatives or some positives. Looking at their their games so far, and, and more particularly the goals they've conceded so far, a bit of a mixture, but ultimately a lot of individual errors. Some bad goalkeeping. Hladke has stepped up from Salford, where he was the best keeper in League Two last season, and he has conceded seven goals from 4.1 expected goals on target so massively underperforming so far some bad set piece defending for sure against Cheltenham and then some big individual errors in midfielders dallying on the ball giving it away and conceding in transition Uh, that happened on opening day against Morecambe with the centre-back giving it to Stockton and in the last game against MK Dons and that's really undermining them at the moment these errors in games that are being punished I think they will start being ironed out as they go um, going forward, it's been pretty good, especially when Macaulay Bond has played. He, out of all of the strikers that they've got, has consistently been getting into goal-scoring positions. He had a very eye-catching miss, as we know, against Cheltenham, but he's also finished well on a few occasions. Scott Fraser. I like the idea of an eye-catching miss. Yes. So Adam Hurry would, would enjoy that one. Definitely. I think it caught the eye of someone sitting in the first <laughs> row of the stands. It hit him in the face uh, rather than hitting the back of the net. But he's looking quite good, if you ask me. Scott Fraser has shown some real flashes of class. In fact, their goal against against MK Dons, where Fraser set up Bond, was excellent football. And then Kyle Edwards looks insanely good for this level. Um, He hasn't 
troubled the scorers with a goal or an assist yet, but I think it's only a matter of time. He's getting up to speed, having signed just after the season began, and I think he is a potential superstar of the division. And that's not just Ipswich fans who have flagged him up to us, but a couple of uh, opposition fans who have seen him play for Ipswich against him in the last few weeks. I think they are... They're already a team that have scored quite a lot of goals. And I think that is most likely how they will continue moving forward. I think they will score a lot of goals. And at the back, I don't think they're going to be undermined by an error from from a keeper or an error from a centre-back or an error from a centre-midfielder every single game. I think having had a full week on the training ground, hopefully Paul Cook has got his teeth into them. They're playing against Wimbledon, who travelled to Northampton, albeit played a, a well-rotated side in the Cup, and they won that game 1-0. Uh, but obviously the whole squad has, has moved up there. Their time on the training ground reduced this week for sure because of that game. Wimbledon themselves, they've had a win, two draws and a defeat. One of those draws against Jills obviously should have been a win, uh, conceding in the 97th minute. They will have felt like they deserved a draw at Sunderland last weekend, another deflected goal going against them, but they didn't create very much. They weren't a huge threat to Sunderland going forward. They've been they've been decent and, and we've been pleasantly surprised um, at, at how many, well, at the huge strides, I would go as far as to say, that, that Dons have made in all areas of the club. And I think we're both confident they can avoid a relegation scrap, which is what they've experienced pretty consistently over the last few seasons. But I'm not getting carried away necessarily. I don't think Dons are playing like a, a top eight team just yet. I think they are lacking a little when they get to the final third. As much as we like Asal, he's had some quiet games as well as some, some good games. So yeah, uh, I've spent the last week thinking about Ipswich and how concerned we should be. I still think it's too early to say. I'm not saying I, I'm still bullish about an automatic promotion because other teams have started well. But both my gut feeling initially and having done a bit more analysis of their first few fixtures, I think the victory is coming. And I think it could come in some style as well. So I'm predicting that on the Monday pod, we will be talking about Kyle Edwards, Macaulay Bond and Ipswich's first win of the season. They are my nap this weekend at 21 to 10 with Betfair Sportsbook. Next up for you, sticking around in the champ. Yeah, sticking around in the championship. Uh, and I'm backing Huddersfield to beat Reading. Uh, two teams who I probably assess pre-season as being fairly similar uh, in terms of, of, of where I expected them to be. But no question at all that one of them has made a much, much better start than the other. Now, I know that the, the Huddersfield win against Sheffield United on Saturday maybe flattered them a little bit. You know, they didn't create too much. It was an onslaught from Blades at 1-0. Billy Sharp scores the last-minute equaliser only for Huddersfield to somehow catch them on the break. Uh, and Levi Colwell getting, I'm not going to say an undeserved winner, but but it was a, a smash and grab in a, in a in a game where it looked like they'd been pegged back late, late on. Colwell has been a good signing. And I think um, I spoke a lot pre-season about not liking Huddersfield's business and that remains the case you know I, I look at this bet and I am worried that there isn't a striker um you know the Jordan Rhodes signing wasn't great Tom Lees and Matt Pearson seem to be rotating um for the third defensive spot alongside Colwell and uh and Saar but what I would say is there are three players who have improved Huddersfield who weren't who haven't been playing a great deal of football for them in the last six to eight months one of them is Colwell who's come in from Chelsea one of them is Sorba Thomas, who came in um, in February, uh, a left-sided midfielder, um, who was in and out of the side towards the back end of last season, but has started this season very, very well. A couple of assists. It was him who got um, Moise Keane sent off uh, in the Carabao Cup game midweek. And then, of course, Josh Caroma, who had, who was the, the, the shining light for Huddersfield last season before his injury. And he looks the same player back from injury as well, which is great to see. So 
three key players, all of whom, um, well, I mean, two of whom are certainly left-sided, and then Cole on the left-hand side of the three as well, makes that side of the pitch unrecognisably stronger um, than it had been previously. When you add Toffolo to that as well, um, that is, is is very, very strong. So, yeah, I, I'm upgrading the way that I think about Huddersfield now. Um, and the performances um, have been, you know, the taking the Sheffield United game out of it, I think that the performance midweek against Everton was really impressive. You know, they were unlucky to lose that game. And looking at the Preston game as well, which was fairly scrappy, you know, they, they got the win at home that they needed um, against another side like this. Reading, on the other hand, have been very poor. You look at the injury lists, um, Lucas Joao and Ovi Ajaria will be missing again this weekend, as far as I can tell. That leaves an unbelievable amount of creative and goal-scoring responsibility on John Swift. And in my oh, opinion at the moment... And- Junior Hoylet, who they signed on a free. Fine. I mean, I'm not too bothered about that. Um, I mean, he's he's a decent player for sure, but I'm not, you know, you can't sit here and be like, they've got Hoylet now, it's a different kettle of fish. You know, Hoylet is a good player, but I'm, yeah, I, I'm still going into this with the mentality of basically stop Swift and you're going quite far to stopping Reading. Uh, they may have only lost 2-1 to um, uh, to Coventry, but Coventry were, I mean, that doesn't reflect the way the game went at all. Coventry were, were much, much better. So, um, I think Huddersfield are the better side coming into it. They have the confidence of a few good performances and results. This would make it three in a row. Uh, and if you know if they put in, if these two sides put in their their recent performance levels, um, I think the seven to five available with Betfair Sportsbook on Huddersfield running, running out winners. Now uh, I am back in League One here, and I'm picking Bolton Wanderers as my next best to beat Cambridge United at thirteen to ten. Uh, with the sports book, Bolton started the season with two three-all draws, didn't they? And we wondered, as we always do when a team starts with draws, where those results would fall, where the performances would, would settle when that early season excitement and sort of looseness um, calms down a bit. And, well, since then, they've beaten Lincoln City and they've beaten Oxford United back-to-back, two playoff teams from last season. So very positive about Wanderers' start to the season, very positive about how many of their key men from last season have stepped up, unsurprisingly given they won, what was it? I should know the stat off by heart. Let's go with 16 of their last 22 games. I think that was it. Uh, And Ian Everett himself, uh, again, seems to have stepped up another level very comfortably. They've scored the most goals from open play in League One so far. Um, and they've looked re- they've looked a real threat, to be honest. Uh, certainly Afa Lyon, we've spoken about a lot, but the addition of Sheehan has given them definitely a different dimension uh, in terms of their attacking play, their build-up play. They have looked quite open defensively, Bolton, at times, not just in those three-all draws. Um, they've given up chances for sure. In fact, almost all of their goals conceded have been them turning the ball over and being caught too high up the pitch. Um, so Smith and Ironside... The, the Cambridge attackers, they'll look at Matty Taylor's goal from the weekend. They'll look at some of the goals they conceded against MK and they'll be sure to, to try and exploit that. But I believe that when I weigh up these two sides, of course, both came up from League Two last season. I think that Bolton have got stronger collectively and in terms of their signings. You know, they didn't really lose anyone who was important to their promotion. They added someone I considered to be something of a star in Sheehan and quite a few others as well who are pushing for the first team or at the very least adding depth to their squad. And Cambridge, who by the end of last season, I would have rated a lot lower than Bolton anyway. I don't think they've got too much stronger in terms of personnel. Williams coming in for Noyle has been a fine replacement so far and Brophy a nice addition down the left 
Um, but those Mullin shots and goals, we knew that would be tough to replace. And and while Ironside has three goals in four games this season, one of them a penalty, another one a tap-in after he missed a penalty. So just the one goal from open play and, and not really coming close to testing defences and goalkeepers out as much as Mullin did last season. So, um, you know, they played back in March in League Two. Bolton dominated and won 2-1 and I expect them to impose that kind of superiority here two teams that will know each other pretty well from last season so Bolton at 13 to 10 uh, is my next best so um, four picks so far you've gone West Brom and over 1.5 goals as your nap mine is Ipswich Town uh, you've gone with Huddersfield in the championship and I've gone with Bolton as our next best. Now on to our lay bets, George, which we've had a good start with laying four vulnerable favourites. Three of them have failed to win at even money. Uh, there aren't that many this week uh, under even money across the three leagues. I think Fulham at home to Stoke, Millwall at home to Blackpool, Rotherham at home to Donny, Charlton at home to, to Crew, and none in League Two. So it's fairly slim pickings. Uh, what have you gone with? Yeah, I've had to go for a an odds against shot, although just about I've had my, my lay match this morning at 2.06. Um, so, you know, you're basically getting what 10 to 11 on, on the lay. Um, it's Sunderland at home to, to Wickham. And this, this is nothing to do with Sunderland because I think that they are one of the best, if not the best teams in, in the league. Um, and I love what they're doing with their recruitment. I thought it was great to see uh, on Tuesday night, for the first time in about a year, they had fullbacks playing at fullback and centre midfielders playing at centre midfield. Um, Sirkin and Huggins, two signings uh, over the course of this window, uh, which meant that Winchester and Neil played centre midfield. Neil played a Daniel played a brilliant ball for the first of Aidan O'Brien's uh, goals, so highly rated by the Sunderland fans, and you can see why. And I think that's going to help them uh, going forward as well. And for the first time in ages, they've got three really good options at centre back as well. You know, you've got Flanagan and uh, and Doyle. I'm sure will start here. Um, but Gomez looked tidy um, in the in the game midweek as well. So plenty of options. Um, but that's enough of me being nice about the team that I'm laying. The reason I'm laying them is, is purely because it's it's Wickham. Um, now you and I weren't overly bullish on Wickham's chances of of going well again this season. Um, there's a chance, I guess, they still might find others too 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 strong over the course of the campaign. But they've started it so well. I mean, so impressive. They basically carried on where they left off at the back end of last season. Um, they have. Blitzed Accrington, Cheltenham, beating Lincoln. Uh, they got a draw away at Wigan, which I think is probably a fairly similar standard of, of opposition they're going to face uh, on Saturday because uh, I think Wigan are very good. Uh, Wigan only mustered eight shots in that game. They were they were class. And um, I just don't think that at the moment any team in League One should be near enough even money to, to beat this, this Wigan side as they are at the moment. They are playing very well. They rested a lot of players in midweek, which will help going fresh into this one. Uh, and got the win as well uh, away at Stevenage. So, yeah, I, I just think price-wise, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. It, it, it's not as strong a a, a, um, a vocation, I guess, as, as my thoughts on um, Salford for the last two weeks, where I was very keen to get against them. This is just a case of, I think, Sunderland are a little bit too short. Um, I probably had about half my stake that I had on, on, on Salford in terms of the, of the lay part. Um, but I do think that getting with Wickham, maybe there, maybe the Asian handicap, um, it's probably value at the moment. Yeah, I'm taking on Charlton. Uh, they're currently 1.82 to back on the exchange. I've put a layup at 1.85 this morning, Thursday morning, uh, not matched yet. Hope that it will be over the next, what, 48 hours or so. Um, with each passing performance so far this season, I've rated Charlton a little lower. Um, 
I think I said on our NTT20 squad group over the weekend, I think they are probably the team that I feel most disappointed by so far, not mm. just compared to our 1-24s, to because there are a few teams that are much higher and a few teams that are much lower. Just the manner in which they're playing at the moment um, makes me wonder what we missed, uh, makes me a little bit concerned, to be honest. Uh, they have a midfield that doesn't really complement each other without anyone particularly creative in those positions. They do have a big man up top in Jaden Stockley, who's great, and he's playing very well. But I don't think they have either the wide men or the fullbacks, maybe even more pertinently, that you can rely on for consistently good delivery, for energy up and down the flanks. Um, they're really missing anyone at all who can play left-back. Chris Gunter has been filling in there. Their style of play has been so poor, lacking any joined-up thinking in, in terms of patterns of play, in possession, creating chances outside of hitting it long to Stockley. And, and they have very little off the bench as well. Um, if you look at the, the bench from last weekend's game, it's a thin squad that, that we thought would be bolstered by now in the transfer market and hasn't been. Um, they're at home to crew, and I, I think that will be a very large reason why they are quite you know, such heavy favourites to win this game because we know the issues that Crew have. They have been discussed at length at this point over the last two weeks. Most specifically, the absence of Owen Dale and Tom Lowry due to transfer and, and contract wranglings and a few other players as well due to the less fashionable virus, the norovirus, which has uh, ripped through the camp. It's been a tough year for the norovirus, hasn't it? It has. It has. Stock has fallen, um, that's for sure. Uh, but it has ripped through Crew Alexandra, quite literally, some of their players uh, in the last few weeks and um, some of them just coming back from that. But I mean, I just want to point out when it comes to crew, two things. Of course, it's it's headline stuff that, 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 you know, that talented group of young players, sadly for the neutral, looks to be kind of being pulled apart a little bit and having their head turns. But A, they do have other players. You know, the team that played against Accrington last weekend, the team that played against Oxford in the league game before that it's not full of untested academy kids or or even of bad players you know some of the guys who have filled in have played pretty well that the fullbacks look great adabisi and ramsey the central midfielders especially murphy are playing well mandron's playing well up top and in both of those games which they've lost although they've started poorly and gone behind they've come on pretty strong you know you said that Crew's performance against Oxford was was one of the toughest that you've had so far, even in even in winning. And, and maybe Yellows didn't play well. Maybe it was Crew who um, gave them a bit of a scare. I think Accrington would say the same. They were clearly the better side for the first hour, had a bit of a scare. Um, but Accrington and Oxford are both good sides who are winning a lot of football matches to start the season. And, and I, I can't say the same about Charlton. So I understand why Charlton are favourites at home, at the Valley, with all this surrounding Crew Alexandra. But the fact... Uh, and I suppose the fact that Crew played Leeds in midweek definitely goes against us here. Charlton have had the week off. But just due to the desperately low performance levels in almost every game that Charlton have played so far this season, I do want to take them on at this price. I think they are the most vulnerable of all the strong favourites. There's only four, as I mentioned, odds on in the EFL this weekend, and I'm taking on Charlton. So laying them, uh, I've put it up at, at 1.85. I hope I'll be matched. I might go up to 1.9 if not, but um, you know, plenty of time until, until kickoff at 3 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, don't forget that Betfair have no cash-out suspensions on match odds for all EFL games. No cash-out suspensions whatsoever during games for your singles and multiples on match odds for all EFL games with Betfair. Uh, next segment is the goals segment. Now, you've been doing pretty well on this front with your singles. I obviously landed the treble two weeks ago, um, poor last week, so I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what you've got for us this week. Yeah, it's another single, but I'm going 
for low goals rather than high goals uh, and going back to the championship as well um, for Derby against Forest. Um, this is such an interesting time for this Derby to be taking place because both teams are in interesting perilous positions. Derby's off-field issues well publicised, their on-field issues maybe not quite as bad as, as many people feared. They were written off as being relegation also runs um but they look at the moment to be at least competitive at the very worst you know they're not rolling over in games at all the same can't be said of forest who've probably started the season looking like a worse football team than derby had which i don't think anybody necessarily expected um there is so much riding on this game that's that's the key thing for me here there is so much riding on this game um that it, it is impossible to see in my opinion with a manager in Chris Hewton, who we know to be fairly pragmatic, even if Forest games haven't been too low scoring so far. And Wayne Rooney, who, despite being the player that he was, looks also to be a manager who takes charge of teams who do not create a great deal of chances, but are sound defensively. I, I can't see this being an open affair. You know, I can see it being gritty. I can see there being a lot of needle, but I, I don't think goals are going to be very easy to come by um, with so much at risk. It, you know, for both managers, conceding the first goal here is a, a bit of a nightmare. And for both managers getting the first goal, they're not going to be looking to go even further. Um, it'll be a case of sitting on that lead. Of course, a red card would be an issue. Um, that has to come into it. It's, it's fairly likely. I don't know what the prices are, but I would have thought fairly short. Um, but yeah, I think under under one and a half goals is the way I'm going to play. Under two and a half is short. It's two on. No surprises there. Uh, under 0.5 is six to one, which makes some appeal, to be honest. They're nil nil, but I'm going for under one and a half at 31 to 20. So just a little bit over six to four. Uh, the way I'm playing this for for it to be one nil either way or nil nil. Okay, uh, I've got an over 2.5 double. Uh, just sticking with the two this week. Uh, one of them. I mean, this podcast. If we didn't already have a sponsor, I'd be looking for West Bromwich Albion to sponsor it because it feels like the the West Brom pod at this stage. You know, they've got that um, that mascot, the boiler, the boiler mascot. Maybe yes. maybe I should have to do this podcast dressed as the West Brom boiler because they did the business for me last week in the nap. They are your nap this weekend. They're also um, involved in my overs double over two point five goals in posh against West Brom at ten to eleven. You've already done the the write up more or less on this one, but a baggy side fully rested, having basically changed the whole team and been thrashed by Arsenal on Wednesday night. Uh, every game they've played this season so far in the league has gone over two point five. Posh for them for for their part have had three out of four over two point five. Uh, the aerial threat. I mean, Aidan Flint scored two against them ten days ago. Are we expecting them to enjoy the meteor? I don't think so. Um, Beavers, Kent, Thompson have some qualities as defenders. I don't think aerial dominance is one of them, and I think they might struggle on that front. So I, I do think also, you know, you're always hoping that the that the team that you fancy less might nick a goal as well to help your over two point five bet. And I do think there are chances in behind West Brom if you can get your counter attacks right, if you can get your balls over the top right. Um, Posh did not do this well last weekend against Preston in defeat, but hopefully Siriki or uh, Clark Harris or even Marriott off the bench could have some joy and, and nick a goal. But I, I do see it being more of the same for Baggies like yourself. So they are leg one of this over 2.5 treble at, at 10 to 11. And then Rochdale Colchester, which is Friday night game. I don't know what it is with me and, and Friday evening or early Saturday games and wanting to go overs. Uh, it didn't work out last Friday. It did work out the, the one before. But Rochdale Colu. I just think Rochdale 
might be quite good actually um their attacking numbers are excellent like second best in the league excellent and colchester's defensive numbers are very bad like second worst in the league bad um shamal george basically should should be given the freedom of the town uh, already if he if he wants it um and so i think this this is a a decent shout for overs at 6 to 5 as well odds against I'm actually going to split my stakes here. I'm going to put 0.75 points on the double at 4.2 here. It's just over 3 to 1, the double, for over 2.5. And then I'm going to put a little dart on Rochdale win and over 2.5 and West Brom win and over 2.5. Uh, that double is 10.13, so just over 9 to 1 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Remember, with Betfair, if you bet £20 on multiples or bet builders, you'll receive a £5 free bet to use on multiples or bet builders. At terms and conditions, do apply for that. Bet £20 on multiples or bet builders, and you'll receive a £5 free bet to use also on multiples or bet builders. Last segment of the pod, George, it's the goal scorer segment, the one that we have had the least amount of success with so far. So far. Due to its very nature, that could all change very quickly if we land one. Yeah, it's going back to. Bosch against West Brom again, uh, <laughs> and I'm, do, I'm I'm putting on my Ali Maxwell mask, and I'm hey. looking at defenders here. Um, Aidan Flint, as we said, scored twice. Uh, I think that West Brom are guaranteed to create some chances from set-piece situations. Question is, who um, do you choose? This is what I had well, last week. I've worked it out, and I know I know who's going to score, so it's fine. <laughs> nice. Um, I think we're probably expected to be probably expected to be Bartley, Ajayi, and O'Shea. Matt Clark hobbled off injured uh, on the weekend. Kipre's not Kip- done himself any favours, has he? Well, the fact that Kipre started last night, I think that alone, given that he made 11 changes and brought on only only debutants, suggests to me that Ajayi will, will play here. Um, Kipre also stamping on on the Arsenal player wasn't wasn't the nicest moment either. But um, yeah, so those three players, O'Shea's 17 to one, which is the shortest of the three. He scored an opening day, and I think that's probably why. Ajayi's 18 to 1 who appeals, but I wouldn't be massively given that Ajayi's come on three times this season. It wouldn't surprise me if he were to come off at some stage uh, if they do switch it up at the back, which uh, Ishmael has been using his subs to do. Bartley is the biggest price at 20 to 1, and that is where I'm going. 20 to 1 first goal scorer, 20 to 1 last goal scorer, 9 to 1 anytime goal scorer. Just split your your points however you want to do it. Half a point on at 9 to 1, and then a 0.25 of a point on 20 and 20. Um, would probably be the way I'd go. Um, he's had six shots already this season. He had three shots against Bournemouth on opening day. He had two shots in their last game. Um, he's guaranteed to start, pretty much guaranteed to play 90 minutes if he's fit, guaranteed to be going forward for every every set piece. I think he should probably be the shortest price, not the biggest price of the three, even though it's marginal. Um, he's, I mean, I, I have no doubt that he's going to score a goal pretty soon. Uh, I think if you back that nine to one, um, for the next nine, you'll probably hit um, hopefully enough times to make profit, and with the with the first and last added as well, uh, I think we'll be in decent shape. You know, I know you Ali like your bigger prices for for, for goal scorers, but I think Bartley could definitely be one where in um, yeah in, in a in a few games time he could be kind of short a lot shorter fourteen twelve to one possibly after given given his consistency in terms of playing minutes and going forward. So Bartley, the one for me uh, at Peterborough on Saturday evening. I do prefer a longer price, but I'll definitely allow it, George. I will definitely Thank you. allow it. Quite mad, isn't it, that I, I had Dara O'Shea last week with Matt Clark at 16-1 to any time. 
uh, and he's now 17 to 1 to score first, 8 to 1 anytime. Mm. So that's a bit of a blow. Um, we've lost that one. Uh, I'm going to Friday night. Everyone will be watching Burton against Cheltenham on Sky Sports at 7.45 on Friday, and they will continue watching through the post-match analysis through 10 o'clock to 10.15 when George and Ali from Not The Top 20 will join Michelle Owen on the sofa and talk through five League One and League Two teams that have caught our eye so far. Not just the best teams in the two leagues, but teams that we think have had an intriguing start and we'd like to delve a little bit deeper. So please do join us on Friday night, uh, 10.15, but make sure you catch Burton-Cheltenham. Should be an interesting game, uh, this one, and it's where my goalscorer pick comes as well. So uh, it's it's Ryan Leak, who is the Burton centre-back. I'm going to back him at 16-1 to anytime with Betfair Sportsbook. He is 35-1 to to score first. I'm sticking with the anytime at 16-1 to here. And it's a statsy one, really, because Leak hasn't scored yet. Somehow, in three of the four games so far, he's had really, so, really good opportunities. I mean, his one against Burton, he missed from about a yard out against um, uh, Cambridge, sorry, last weekend. But even in, in previous games, from more traditional set piece opportunities, um, attacking the ball with relish, he runs from deep, he's really tall. Uh, and I think he's a big threat. And, and you know, if you look at the underlying numbers uh, from centre-backs, albeit it's only been four games, he stands out in League One as, as being the one who has had a lot of chances and hasn't netted yet. So I want to make sure we're on leak uh, if he does on Friday night. And Cheltenham, they're almost going against what we expected from them defensively in that we know that they have their own threat from set-pieces and from long throws. And they have scored a few goals already from those situations. But they've also conceded four from set-piece situations in their four games, which is the most in League One. So, to me, we're looking at one of the the biggest centre-back threats in League One, albeit one that's not very well known because he's only starting his career, really, uh, in English football, against a team that's conceded the most from from set play. So, I, I feel like I couldn't not bring that up, having discovered it. So, I'm taking a leap. I'm taking a leak. Ryan Leak. (laughs) 16 to 1, anytime goal scorer is my goal scorer pick. George, I forgot to recap our bets last week and I was admonished on Twitter, quite rightly so, from someone who says it's quite tough when you're listening to this in the car on the way to a game or something and you don't recap the bets. It's quite hard to sift through half an hour of action. So talk me through it. What are you going for this weekend? I am going for West Brom and over one and a half goals at 1.99, so just short of even money. Huddersfield next best, 7-5 to beat Reading. Uh, Laying Sunderland at about 2.06, under one and a half goals, Derby against Forest at 31-20. to And backing first, last and any time for my man Carl Bartley in my nap uh, for West Brom. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm going Ipswich Town to win their first league game of the season. 21 to 20 this weekend. Bolton at 13 to 10 to beat Cambridge United. Um, laying Charlton at home to Crew. Hopefully at 1.85 there if I get matched on the Betfair exchange. Uh, an overs double for me. Posh versus West Brom over 2.5 and Rochdale Colchester as well. Um, 0.75 of a point on the double at 4.2. And then a small dart on Rochdale and over 2.5 plus West Brom and over 2.5. That double uh, is at 10.13 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, and then Ryan Leake of Burton Albion, 
my goal scorer this weekend at 16 to 1 to score any time on Friday night against Cheltenham. Uh, many thanks to Betfair for their continued support of Not the Top 20 uh, podcast. Make sure you're making full use of the, the sports book and the exchange, the dual threat that Betfair offer to punters. Uh, and if you're interested in joining the NTT20 squad, a burgeoning, flourishing, uh, community of EFL fans. Uh, the weekends are always a great place to start. You can sign up for a free trial, uh, a two-week free trial, ahead of then paying four ninety nine a month to be part of it. Uh, check it out with the free trial this weekend. Head to the link in the description of this podcast or the link in our bio on Twitter if you want to check out and sign up for that two-week free trial. We're going to do some exclusive content on the NTT20 squad next week particularly surrounding transfer deadline day. So do join <laughs> if you're interested in that. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great weekend. And we'll be recapping whatever happens across the EFL early next week. So join us then. Go well.